Hi, my name's Donald McDonald, and I'm proud to be the next guest on a Yank on the Footy all the way from the USA. And welcome to episode number 89 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. I have a great episode for you. You already heard the intro as to who my guest is. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. A lot of laughs, a lot of pragmatism, a lot of straightforward, here's how it's going to have to be in order for some success to take place. I think you're really going to like this. I recorded this episode right around the 1st first or 2nd of April. Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks that I've had this one in the tank that I've been working on a few other things that I wanted to get this one out. Uh, I do want to take a moment here uh, starting out and uh, send along my best wishes to Luke McDonald and hope he has a speedy recovery. It was uh, kind of an awkward situation he found himself in and it's uh, it's... It's really too bad that he's going to be out for several weeks and hope he gets back as soon as he possibly can. But, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, I wanted to let you know, is before we dive in here, and just to remind you again that uh, you can find everything related to the podcast over on the uh, new podcast website, yankonthefooty.com. If you go there, if you bookmark that, all the episodes will be there. Sure, I'll, I'll be posting them out on my social media when they come out, but... Uh, about 10 minutes after they go out live there, they will show up on the uh, website as well. And that's a great clearinghouse. It's, it's where you have an opportunity to, to share your feelings there. Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, uh, put a review for the, uh, the podcast there if you'd like to do that. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast uh, through the Buy Me a Coffee page or maybe you're looking for a, a T-shirt or a sticker for your computer or something of that nature, uh, the storefront page is there as well. You can check that out. And, you know, anything that comes in from those types of things goes right back into the podcast to upgrade software, hardware, that type of thing. So but that's not uh, anything that's going to be going into my retirement fund or anything of that nature. So I appreciate all of those of those of you who have helped out. And uh, if you're listening and you want to help out, that'd be fantastic. I'd truly appreciate it. Uh, I would I would encourage you to sign up for the uh, email list if you uh, would not mind doing so. You can do that right on the website at yankonthefooty.com. And I have a uh, an email list that I had started on a Google form, which will be showing up in the show notes. But the ones that sign up on the uh, website, I will be transferring those over to the larger list that I have that I go ahead and use for when I send out my new episodes when they get distributed. And I send those out to, that's the first place that I send them is to the people who are signed up on the mailing list. So if you want to get on that mailing list, that would be fantastic. Okay. Um, one of the other great things about uh, the new website is the fact that I'm able to put blog posts on there, which is, which is really neat. Uh, it's also an opportunity for you to review the podcast there if you want to. All of the episodes are there going back to December of 2019. So 
hopefully you'll check it out. Like I said, it's a, it's a one-stop shop for the podcast in terms of uh, finding all the information, the blog posts, the, uh, the email, the message board, the, uh, and the voicemail if you want to do that sort of thing. So hopefully you'll consider signing up for the podcast uh, email list. Uh, hopefully you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family out on your social media. That's really going to help the podcast grow. I had a, a terrific month in, uh, in terms of listenership in March. It was my biggest month of uh, people tuning into the podcast since I began it uh, 16 months ago. This month is going along like gangbusters as well, and, I, and I'm having a blast. I mean, I've had an ch- opportunity to talk to some great people. I've lined up a couple additional wonderful interviews that uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you soon. I have one more that's recorded that I'll be editing uh, in the coming days and getting that out next week as well. Uh, that's an interview that I did with Narely Meadows, uh, who, as I told her during our discussion, she helped me learn about the game of footy when she was still with, with Fox Footy and doing AFL Tonight and that type of thing. So she was a huge help for me learning the game. And she's, you know, she's in uh, India right now working on the, uh, the India Premier League uh, cricket. And looks like she's having a fantastic time doing that. So again, you know, share the podcast with your friends and family. That would be fantastic. Okay, so sit back and relax and enjoy this discussion that I had with uh, with Donald McDonald, and get well, Luke. At the end, uh, we did have a little trivia section of about a half dozen questions, and he did pretty darn well with those. So hopefully you'll enjoy this. So sit back and let's have some fun with this, ladies and gents. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome my guest to the podcast. He played in the VFL and AFL from 1982 to 1992, was a key forward and a ruck with his club, playing his entire career with the same club. He played 155 games for the North Melbourne Kangaroos, kicking 165 goals during his career. When he was finished playing with the, with the Ruse, he began coaching in the VFL first with Werribee from 1993 to 99, and then with the Box Hill Hawks from 2000 to 2002. He was an assistant coach at Hawthorne from 2003 to 2004 and spent five games as the caretaker coach. In 2005, he returned to North Melbourne as an assistant coach and then became the football manager. At the end of 2012, he did what I think might be one of the proudest things he's ever done in his life. And that was step aside as the football manager once his son, Luke, committed to the club under the father-son rule. He's been involved with North Melbourne's coterie groups since and being a key liaison with the group. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled to welcome Donald McDonald to the podcast. Sir, thanks so very much for taking time out of your morning. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, all right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This is uh, an absolute pleasure on my part here. You know, we've been uh, been working on going through the uh, the clubs. I think I've got uh 15 i think of the clubs where we've done introductions and overviews on how the club the, the season's going to go but uh figured we would go ahead and uh dive right in and talk about the the current club and then maybe you know circle back to a little bit of what what you did with your career and and, and just how it feels to be a uh you know a parent that's watching their son go out and play this game at the highest level because you know lots of parents you know watch their kids out playing off kick and that sort of thing. And, and you're getting the opportunity to, to, to watch 
you know, your son play in front of 50, 60, 80,000 people. And it just got to be an absolute rush. No, oh, it's a big thrill, you know. So, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to have a really good um, long involvement in the game. And, um, yeah, I've, I've loved every minute of it. Fantastic. Now, now I, I, I think that uh, it's safe to say that the ruse might be in what could be called a bit of a rebuild. Is that is that a fair statement, do you think, with the... No, the... it's a fair statement, Craig. Okay. I, I think, that, yeah, look... <laughs> I think the club made a decision, um, you know, midway last year that they really had to, um, if, if, if they're thinking about winning a, uh, an AFL premiership or at least a try, I mean, it's a huge achievement these days to even play finals. I know you've been very spoiled being a Geelong supporter, but, um, you know, you'll find that a lot of clubs now have just been trapped in this scenario where they've just found it near on impossible to even break into the eight. If you look at sides like Carlton and Essendon and Fremantle, you know, yeah, look what St Kilda did to try and get themselves back mm -hmm. into the frame again. You know, like it's a, it's a Gold Coast, you know, it's an unbelievably competitive space. And the big clubs um, seem to have a capacity to always contend where the smaller clubs, you know, um, just seem to be sometimes struggling to... Uh, to compete at the very top level on a consistent consistent basis. So North Melbourne probably looked at it and they thought, all right, they, they put their toe in the water in terms of free agency and bringing players in over the last few years to maybe see if they're an outside chance to contend, but hasn't hasn't worked. So I think they've made a conscious decision to go, right, we're going to have to go back to go forward. And, um, you know, I, 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 and history says at times there are clubs that have been able to do this successfully, I think, one club in particular was the club that I originally came from, Hawthorne. You know, they did a similar thing when Alistair Clarkson came on board. I was at the club, you know, we finished down near the bottom of the ladder. And, you know, in those days, I was very, very fortunate with the priority picks. So, you know, instead of getting one crack at the top three or four players, mm -hmm. they got two. And um, they did that two years in a row in 04 and 05. And, you know, were able to get a nucleus of players which propelled them to an unbelievably successful decade, if you like. You know, so so for North, I think our our philosophy has been around, all right, you know, we understand we're going to have to do this. And um, I think you can see the early indications are that um, it's going to have a huge impact on, on our on-field results and it's going to be a real test of our supporters' resilience um, to hang in there for the journey because it's nothing worse than when you go to a game of football and, even though you know that you're on a development curve, it's difficult uh -huh. still to watch the team lose. I don't, I don't know if you follow the NFL at all, but I've been a Cleveland Browns fan for over half a century. So I know all about that. Uh, <laughs> so we've, we've been bad for quite some time and are finally turning the corner there. So, you know, the, the wins may be hard to come by this year, but there are, uh, there are little, instances of progress and I, I talked to somebody from a Hawthorne podcast a while back and they and they they were they used a line that they were hoping to see what they called green shoots in yeah. terms of of growth during the course the course of the year I mean is, is that going to be a, an indicator of, of a successful year for the club if you see if you see progress because you know yeah I did I was doing some some math here I believe there were you know there were 11 players that were delisted Plus a couple, you know, Ben Brown was traded as well, which, you know. Yeah, and Sean which, Higgins. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was big, yes. big, yeah. Big moves, you know, like he goes being a multiple best and fairest winner. Brownies, you know, contended for the Gold King Award in the last four seasons, um, you know, excluding last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a huge move by the club to just to try and get, you know, I think the Brownie one was, in, was, was interesting because of the fact that, you know, they were pretty passionate about keeping Brownie earlier on and offered him a, a three-year deal, but he's, he's made you want a four. And so that turned a bit sour. And I think Higo um, was looking to move on the previous year just to try and attain some success. However, the club were keen to keep him on board and um, he was he was happy to do that. But then once it looked like that uh, we're going to be in a development phase, he, he chose to go to Geelong. So, And then the club thought, oh, well, I think we ended up getting second round draft picks for both players. But when you look at them, you know, they were probably in our top five players. So mm-hmm. we could only get a second round draft pick, but that's, that's where the competition is at, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's each draft pick that you get, especially inside, you know, 50, which is my philosophy is gold. You know, you get to choose, you know, some of the, the bet, you know, you get to pick the, a player in the best 50 in Australia, I think it's a, um, it's an advantage, but your challenge is how are you going to actually fit those players in? Because traditionally it's about a three year, three year journey for a player to get a body, to be able to compete at uh-huh. a level over the course of the home and away season. So you, and you need to be at your best come finals time if you want to win a premiership. So you look at, you know, if you only look at the Geelong and Richmond sides last year, count how many first year players were in their team. I don't know if there would have been one. So, um, so yeah, look, it's 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 going to be a real challenge for us, but I but I mean they had to start somewhere, and you know this is where we're at. Right, right, and they and they've they are definitely at a point where they've got. You know, I don't want to. I don't know if they had necessarily have extremes here, but you know they've got you know only fifteen players that have played more than seventy five games, which I yeah. to me seems like a pretty small number. But then there's there's nineteen players on the list that have played under twenty games. Yeah, at the AFL well, I level. Well, it's an interesting one. You, you, you referenced my son earlier on, Luke, and he was made uh, co-vice captain of the club uh-huh. this year. And, and um, you know, unfortunately, right on the eve of the season, he um, strained his quad muscles. So he's out for a few weeks. And, you know, his phone, he was over here on Sunday night and his phone was getting smashed with messages around, oh, you know, what are we going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And so... You know, and Luke goes, you know, what do I say? I said, well, you, you, you can't be critical of your teammates' um, efforts. You know, everyone thinks, oh, you get beaten aside, the players didn't try hard enough. Well, that's not true. That's I'm not, not true at all. You're right. That ever goes out on the ground in any competitive sport, not to try. But what happens, your confidence gets impacted when an opposition side is better than you on the day. You know, I mean, that's just how it is sometimes. You I mean, you don't concede, but the harder you try, sometimes you know, the harder it is to, to go well. So I just did a little exercise where I went back to 2015 and in that year we finished, we, we, we made a prelim final, but, you know, we only, we were, we were a finalist. I think we finished seventh or eighth at the end of the home and away. Mm-hmm. And I did an exercise and I went through the, the prelim, preliminary final team that we had and Luke was a second year player. I said, mate, you didn't even get into that team. So you only had one, really second year player in the team you had club legends it was probably six players that played over 200 games in the team there's probably 18 or 19 of them that played 50 plus i said look at your team on the weekend you know you had i think there was something like you know eight players that played more than 50 games i said so 
that's where we're at. You know what I mean? But th- mm-hmm. I don't think that's an excuse either. I think what you don't want to be looking about a three or four year vision. I am pretty bullish. I think that you can turn it around in 12 months. You know, you get get games into these kids this year and, you know, if the club is smart, there is there are there are there are so there are other avenues to get players in, like you can use the free agency. I wouldn't be in our situations, no one I'd be trading out our our first two draft picks because I think they're like gold. I mean, it's the only time you can access elite talent. Right. right. Um, however, you know, you're gonna look at the minor leagues, you know, there's at state league level, there's a lot of players out there who could come in and play a particular role. You know, so that, you know, could be a back pocket player for you or a small crumbing forward. You know, you've got to be really astute in that space. And before you know it, if you can get your injury management side of things right, you're off and running, you know. So I'm pretty bullish. I think you can return to a finals contention quickly and you need to get a couple of final series under your belt to contend for a grand final. So, yeah, I think we can turn it around very quickly. Well, do you look at... uh and they, they kind of took it on the chin this past week, but uh, do you look at the, the, just the, the small evidence of success that Sydney and Adelaide have had this year as how to turn it around quickly? Cause last year they were, you know, they were down, you know, Adelaide was at the bottom of the, at the bottom yeah. of the list, but you know, I watched them play probably two thirds of their games. And as you were saying, they played hard every game out. They, you know, you had, you know, you had veterans who were playing, hopefully to get another contract, you know, and then you had young kids who were realizing if I don't play well, I may not be here next year either. So, I mean, yeah. it, they, they were, they were a, a really tough team to beat last year, even though they didn't have the most talent And Sydney, Sydney basically did the same thing. And they were, you know, they were, they were decimated with injuries last year. I don't think they had anybody over about five foot nine that was able to to play because they had so many people that were that were banged up last year but that's the thing that's a that's a thing craig i think if you you can't underestimate like having your better players on the park and then having your players fit you know i think that's a huge it's a huge thing and even on the weekend you know we had guys like you know robbie tarrant you know he's our premier defender ben cunnington's our best midfielder probably our best player you know, Trent Dumont is a really strong role player as a winger. You know, Luke, who, um, you know, won our best and fairest and adds enormous composure to our defence. So you put those four players in and all of a sudden, you know, like it just alleviates the pressure. It's a ripple effect, you know. So um, uh, and the younger players then only have to do their, their little bit. And when I looked at this against um, Port Adelaide in round one, look, we dominated first quarter against Port Adelaide. So mm-hmm. it's just the, the capacity to sustain it. You know, that, that, that's, your, that's your challenge when you've got a young side. So, um, yeah, like you said with Sydney and Adelaide, that's, that just reinforces my belief that the competition is unbelievably close. And one thing that you can't underestimate is not losing your self-belief and, and, and for the coach to have an ability to motivate his players because – you can motivate your players. Sometimes you can pinch games on the back of passion and effort. So, so anyway, that's um, you know I think there's a lot to be positive about. So are are you are you excited about the fact that they brought in somebody? I, I get maybe this isn't the right way to describe it, but kind of like a a Chris Fagan disciple. 
as the new senior coach and David Noble? Yeah, I think it's a um, it's a bold move. You know, just because it worked in Brisbane doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work with us, right? But I think mm-hmm. that um, I think we need a steadying influence, and I like the fact that they've also brought in Paul Roos. I don't think they could have brought in David Noble without Paul Roos, and okay. um, I like the fact that they've also brought in John Blakey. You know, I, I think a lot of because we've all. I, I think I like the fact they brought in David Noble from the fact that he's been a football manager. And, you know, we're talking off there before about the importance of the role of the football manager to set, to set the actual football department up to provide the resources for the coach to do what he has to do, and that's coach and educate the playing group. So, you know, Brady Rawlings, who's our football manager, is a very young, inexperienced football manager. You know, he's only had one year in the chair, and I think David will provide him enormous support and guidance, and I think that Paul Roos will provide David Noble, in, um, you know, a really good support in the role as a senior coach. So, um, so I like I like our setup, and we're also very fortunate to have two extremely experienced assistant coaches and fathers of players in uh, the play in the AFL and Gavin Brown and John Blakey. You know, I mm-hmm. think that's very unique. So, uh, the whole package looks good uh, to me at the minute on paper, and I think that I think we've still got. Still, I still think we've. Um, got some work to do in some other areas of our footy club, but but that'll evolve. And I also like the fact that our list management team is headed up by Scotty Clayton, who's an unbelievably experienced person in, in player recruitment and um, he's got um, unbelievable relationships throughout the industry. So he that team that they've got at the moment, I think, is is as good as you can get. Okay. And yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a great list of names. You know, I, I I don't know why I know this, but I think it's probably when I started watching footy years ago and was reading up on people. And I, I Googled Paul Ruse and I found out he and I were both born on the same day. We share the same, <laughs> we, we not the same birthday or date, but the same day in, in 1963. He and I were born on the same day. So he, he's in a little better shape than I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it he was great to learn from watching him on, on the couch for, for several years. I mean, that was, that was one of the things that was, was great learning this game, but yeah, I, I think as you were saying, they, they put together a great group of people to help lead this club. And, yeah. and I think that they've, they, I think they brought in a group that's realizing they're going to have to have some patience because there's going to be some lumps that they take this year. You oh, know, no but, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But, but again, what what does this you know at the end of the year we finished up the 22 rounds uh the 22 games 23 rounds what what does a successful year for the club look like to you look i don't i don't think you could ever say you've had a successful year until you at least play finals so i don't i don't i think they're going to have to rephrase the word success i think okay I think it's just. I think everyone's going to have to accept that this is, this is the the, the first step of a journey. And I think we're going to look at each of the twenty two games that we play in as an unbelievable opportunity to to get games of experience. Not not even into our playing group, but even into our coaching group. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, we've had three senior coaches in the last eighteen months. And David Noble, like we played Hawthorne in the preseason. And you can see straight away, you know, Alistair Clarkson, he's 
his players had a stamp about him, you know, because Clark has been at that football club for, you know, 15, 16 years. Right, right. You know, Dave Noble's been at our footy club for four months, you know, so. 15, and, 16 and weeks. Yeah, like that's the thing. So he's that was his that was his second game against an opposition. So mm-hmm. like he's gonna learn an, an enormous amount about our group. And I think that I think this this is what this year is about. It's about opportunity to learn and and use every game that we play in as an unbelievable opportunity to to gain some valuable experience for everyone within our football department. You know, and I and I think one thing we need is is stability. You know, like we've had, I think stability is is, is such an underrated, um, an underrated thing that a business or a footy club or any organisation needs. You know, so if you've got good people, we'll support them and and get around them. So, um, yeah, I think I think success will be, um, will be, in a, in a in a funny sort of a way, just an ability to to complete the season. You know, yeah. I think that's going to be something for me that is going to be super valuable. And I, and I think you've got to have a capacity to spread that message to your fans because we need our supporters to come to our games mm-hmm. and watch and support our players and our club because there's nothing worth even administrative staff, you know, that if there's if the supporters aren't turning up, it's just demoralising, you know. And, and, you know, we've got to... Um, We've all got to knuckle down and 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 support each other and support our players, you know. So success, yeah, I think success will be um, judged maybe over a two-year period, not okay. so much this year. Now, I, I, we didn't talk about this off-air, but, uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of rumbling about, you know, the location where the club plays a few games each year. Yeah. And is that, that that's that's part of life being a North Melbourne person, mate. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is that uh is that something that that some people look at as this is probably gonna inevitably happen where the club's gonna end up there, or is this or is the club gonna do its level best to stay in Melbourne and and hope that that Tasmania brings in an expansion club? And, I, yeah, and, and if this is not a like, question you want to answer, we can certainly delete this from. No, the... no, no. I definitely, okay. I definitely want to answer it. I mean, I, th- I think that um, we're such an easy target, you know, North Melbourne, because people, I mean, half by, you know, put us as irrelevant. You know, it's interesting. You need opportunities to be a big club. You know, like in the 90s, we we played Friday night football. We would regularly get 60,000, 70,000 people come and watch us at the MCG, you know. Mm -hmm. See vision of the 96, 99 grand final, you know, there's 100,000 people there, you know, 60 to 70% of the crowd wearing North Melbourne colours, you know. So, you know, we, we had the capacity to be a huge club. But unfortunately, with the way that the AFL has, you know, does blockbuster games, you know, like we just don't play in big time slots. We don't play big clubs. You know, we've got this game against um, the Bulldogs um, this week um, in the Good Friday game. Like that's our blockbuster game. And everyone's saying, oh, if North Melbourne don't get a crowd, they should take it away from them. So I'm very bullish about us staying in Melbourne. You know, I think we deserve the right. We've got a Mm -hmm. licence like the other 17 clubs. And we're... our destiny is our own hands. And I think that the club's got to choose to say, we want to stay in Melbourne. 
and the Tasmanian people you know, have had opportunities over the last two to three years to really embrace this. And I think there's been a real campaign over in Tassie to try and influence their local people to not support North Melbourne. Because when we first went over there and started playing games, you know, we would, you would look at Bloodstone Arena and it'd be a sea of blue and white. You know, you go there the last couple of years and there's not many people there at all. Mm-hmm. And we've got 5,000 members over there. But I think that it's, you know, there's there's been an undercurrent of, um, of, of support for people to kind of like, you know, run us down. So, um, yeah, I think that we're a unique club. We live in North Melbourne. Like, our facilities are in North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a train station being built across the road from North Melbourne. It's going to be the biggest train station in Victoria. Oh, you know, good like, news. You know, yeah. Well, so there's also, um, we're in a unique situation of Docklands where there's, um, you know, a, a reasonably growing population is going to expand and start to grow around the North Melbourne, Kensington, Flemington region. So we're an unbelievable opportunity to become a great big club. And we've also got um, Marvel Stadium, you know, which is our home ground. It's an unbelievable ground. And it's only two minutes down the road from Harden Street. So I think we've got to be super, super aggressive about um, staying staying at Arden Street, staying at Melbourne, you know, um, and if and if the Tasmanian people uh, don't want to embrace this, and if they want to have their own team, good luck, go your yeah, hardest. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's about we've got to cultivate a group of people at North Melbourne and get them on board, get them to come and watch us play. And I have no doubt we can we can stay. I mean, we we don't even have a debt, hardly have any debt anymore. I mean, some of the clubs have got twelve. So sixteen million dollars debt. I think our debt's at about four hundred thousand. So you know what I mean, Lou. We're going all right. So you you have worked, and I and are you still in this position where you're kind of working as the liaison between the club and uh, supporters, or is that a position that you've left? No, no, no. So what happened because of COVID last year? I oh, the- was my position was made redundant. Okay. Um, because of the fact there was no games and it was right, we, right. we'd already had another staff member there. And um so that staff member was doing other things as well. So they 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 gave him the responsibilities of my role as well. And so what they did was they then approached me um at the end of last year to see if I could stay on board in a liaison capacity, but more as a consultant. So um so I said, yeah, I mean, I have an, an unbelievable passion for the club and um, I'll do whatever it takes. It's not so much a financial thing anymore. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll get paid for what I do, but, you know, um, I, it's given me an opportunity to grow a little bit and, and look at other avenues of, 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 of doing things. So, you know, Luke and I started up McConnell Management. So there's a few things there we're doing. And um, and I'm also a football manager at an at a amateur football club called Old Scots that play in the amateurs, which are, is a very big club. So, so yeah, I've still got a really strong role at North Melbourne. And, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate. Okay. And, and that, that has – that is something that is, I think, is – to me is unique to to footy and it's one of the things that really drew me to it is the is the the relationship between the club and their supporters i mean it's it seems to be so much more close than any sport we have here in the united states i i i've argued that united states sports have for all intents and purposes they have priced the players out of the the sphere that that the fans are in 
because you know you're you're not going to run into LeBron James at the grocery store picking up a gallon of milk. It's not going to happen. You know, it's not, you're not going to you know you're not going to run into uh, I, one of the gentlemen I talked to from Port Adelaide said that uh, you know every week when he would go to the coffee shop he would run into uh, the the senior coach yeah, Ken, why, why? Ken Ken no he'd run into Ken Hinckley and in the week you know if the, if the club won that week he bought Hinckley's coffee but if the club lost Hinckley bought his coffee it had kind of become a tradition that they, had done, that they had done that you know that sort of thing just doesn't doesn't happen here and that that yeah. is that is just it it is just such a neat just such a neat relationship that the that the supporters have with their clubs you know that yeah you know, well, I think it's interesting you know Port Adelaide do have they probably have the strongest um, relationship with their with their with their fans because of their location and mm -hmm. you know the the old Port Adelaide that played in Sandville was an, like that the opposition hated them you know and they've got a very strong bond you only have to look at their home games and you know the, the song they sing before the game the crowd's very connected with their with their um with their players and I think in Amer in Australia we're very when we've got like in the States you probably only had one professional team per sport in that right town. right yes whereas here you know like in Melbourne we've got you know nine and one down at Geelong so yeah, yeah so yeah it's a bit unique so um yeah but we are fortunate I mean originally it was tribal you know it was suburb versus suburb that's how the mm -hmm. VFL originally started you know so um but that's that's grown and 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 changed now over the journey. So, um, but yeah, it's um, it's a unique situation, and, and and you have to play to it. I think a lot of clubs have grown away from that, and I know I know it's been difficult for our supporters over the journey. You know, we used to play at Arm Street, then we play at the MCG, now we play at Marvel, we also play at Bloodstone, and you also play in a state. So, I think that's one of the things when you when you talk about what would success look like for North Melbourne the end of this year, I think the big thing for me would be how's the reconnection gone between our fans and our players. Well, that's I mean, a great, that that's a great point. For me. And I think that's something we really need to work on because we are very fortunate because it is a unique situation we've been in here in, in the AFL. Yeah, yeah, and that and that that's a that's a great point. Uh it's it is uh it is it is such a a, a wonderful relationship and you know do you think overall, since your 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 playing days, because you played in the VFL before it transitioned over to the to the AFL, has the game overall has it changed for the better since your playing days? Is it has the game improved? Oh, it's definitely improved, and I, and I think that we 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 saw that last year. You know, like when the fact that um, so many people lost their jobs, right? The industry was there was a bit of carnage, and it, it made us all reflect on, you know, how fortunate we've been for the for the for the AFL to be a national competition with full-time players, full-time staff members at every club, and and underpinned by the media because the media rights are so big because there's so many people around Australia that want to watch the sport. You know, I'm even talking to you and you're from the yes. United States. Yeah. I mean, like so, and people can access content on their mobile phones through the internet. So the game is 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 enormous and. Um, there's unbelievable opportunities for growth, and um, yeah, it's a completely different game to the one that I was involved in. And it, you know, and we're we're battling right here in the states at the moment that uh, we have not um, we've not resolved the agreement between the AFL and Fox Sports here in the United States uh, to broadcast games. Now, I have 
there are a lot of us that have the international membership. So we can, we get all the stuff, all the content that Fox footy provides and all the games and that sort of thing. But there are a lot of casual supporters who are just learning the game and just falling in love with the game. And, and there's 300 plus million of us here and they've not worked out an agreement yet. So I've been going on Twitter every day for the last several days and, and, you know, sending a note, you know, to the AFL and to Fox sports asking when they're going to talk and that sort of thing. And just, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to make them upset and then they're going to blackball me and never, I'll never. <laughs> going, Craig, because it's, you know, like the States, you know, they're very, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably brothers to us, like in terms of the passion for sport mm-hmm. and, you know, we need, we need each other and we need to, um, you know, like we, we, we're great consumers of American sport as well, you know, with the NFL and the NBA in particular and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we've got a great opportunity to to really spread the, the word about the AFL over there. Well, and I and I think you know for for people who are not baseball fans, which you know I am one, but this is I'm very happy watching footy. This is a great kind of a a game to dovetail between the end of the NFL season and the start of the NFL season because you know the NFL season begins early September, just as the AFL is winding down. And it's ending yeah. in February, just as it's starting up. So it's if you're if you're somebody who enjoys the contact and that sort of thing, and and I'm not I'm not much of a soccer fan at all. I mean, that's just not. A, yeah. I I I joke, and I and every time I talk to, I always say, I I think it's a communist sport because they don't let you use all of your body parts. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a good analogy, I think. <laughs> and I think the the good thing I like about soccer is the passion that it that it generates from its supporters, you know, because that's what that, and I, and I, I think that um, that's the thing that, that that's a worldwide thing. And I right, suppose right. a lot of, sports, you know, like Gaelic footy in Ireland, but I reckon in the States, they do love the combative nature of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you love the combative nature of NFL. And I think there's an unbelievable opportunity for us to, you know, really get ourselves exposed to that market. So, um, yeah, look, whatever you whatever you do over there, you know, I'm sure the AFL is 100 mile an hour about trying to do something as well. So um, keep up the good work. The the thing that's been the biggest headache when when Fox Sports here does carry the games is that when a game will get done, they, there's there's no there's never any advertising about it at all. The game is on live at 2:30 in the morning or 4:15 or whatever, and a lot of people will DVR the games. But if the game ends early. There's no, you know, that you never see the team song, but they cut to like this 20 minute clip of video that they've been using for years of rugby from somewhere. I have no idea. It's, it, they, they, they transitioned from footy to rugby. And I don't know if the people that are, that are broadcasting, you know, that are, that are actually running the controls don't realize these aren't the same sports, you know, and it's just this same highlight package with this really bad techno music in the background playing and, you know, I think that they, you know, they would be well served if they would do like a weekly, like a one hour highlight show, you know, yeah, uh, you yeah, know yeah. during, during prime time, you know, at like eight o'clock in the evening here saying, you know, here's, here's the stuff that happened in last week's games. If you didn't happen to catch them. And I think that would, I think that would pay off tremendously for them. So, yeah, well, um, yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. So uh, yeah, hopefully that someone over there gets it right. Cause I do remember in the seventies, we started to get an we started to get a um, you know a foothold in the states, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. it went by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, 
I listened to, I can't think is Shannon. I can't think of his last name right now. That's doing a, he's doing a podcast about uh, called the greatest game about how they brought footy to the U S I can't think of his Shannon Gill. Right. Okay. Yes. Is, is doing that, is doing that podcast and has interviewed people that were involved with it at ESPN and that sort of thing, talking about footy here in the States. Um, in fact, I'm going to send you some links to a couple podcasts that you might, that you might enjoy that, uh, you know, one, one well, of them. Once we, um, we can get back on track again and start traveling overseas, yeah. you know, we'd like, I'd love to get over to the States and, um, you know, bring Luke over there in their off season and maybe see if we can start spreading the word. You know? well, it'd be great. Well, there's, you know, you've got, you've got 50 clubs in the USAFL here. Yeah, I know. So there's and it's, definitely things we can do. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's growing. You know, there's a lot of passion. I, I've, I've converted three people that I know of one, one of them, a cat supporter, one, an Essendon supporter, and one of them, a North Melbourne supporter. Well done. <laughs> so i don't know if he has an international membership yet but i know on on his on his uh, page on twitter he does identify him as a rue supporter he identifies himself as such so who do you, you know we've uh we've touched on an awful lot of things here and i know you said you had an appointment today and there were a couple other little fun questions i wanted to ask you before we we wrap up here because i know you've got something you've got to take care of today um who do you see playing finals this year who, who do you think is going to be in the top four uh, I think you can't go past Richmond, and um, I think they're 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 morals. But I, I tell you what, she's she's pretty open. Aside from that, you know, you only have to look at some of the results. You know, look at Geelong and Brisbane, and you know uh -huh. these sides at the start of the year, West Coast that everyone thought would be absolute morals. But I, I think the standouts for me at the minute would be. Um, Richmond and definitely Port Adelaide. I think Port Adelaide are going to be a, um, a very difficult side to beat because of their depth. I think that then there's a, a, a clutch of sides like Western Bulldogs, Melbourne, St Kilda. I think they've all got legitimate claims. Look, Brisbane and, and, and um, Geelong will still have legitimate claims. Um, I think Collingwood, uh, I wouldn't discount them. Uh, because of their experiences over the past few years. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there are a group of sides that are still in a development phase, you know, like Gold Coast, North Melbourne, um, the West, uh, not the Western Bulldogs, um, Fremantle. Um, yeah, I think that there's GWS, you know. Um, so I, I, it's, a very, it's a very interesting competition. And I normally, what, what you're really going to look out for is wait till you get to round six, and um, you'll find that by the time you get to round six, there's generally only one or two changes to the final eight for the rest of the year. So, um, so history history tells you that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's shaping up as a really good year. I think I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. So, let, let me ask you this: for for those of us that are in the states, then I had a, I'm going to ask you this question because if anybody can answer this, you can. What is the shin boner spirit? Yeah, the shin boner spirit is that, like, it's funny, like, North Melbourne is always being, like, we were latecomers into the comp in 1925, you know. The location of the club was, like, inner suburban, but it wasn't like, you know, 
traditional inner suburban clubs like Richmond, Collingwood, Carlton, Fitzroy, South Melbourne. So North Melbourne, the location of North Melbourne. So you've got the ground, right? And on one half of the ground, you've got residential. Mm-hmm. But on the other half of the ground, you have these railway yards. Um, there's, the, there's a creek. Um, and there was like, it was just industrial, like real industrial, you know? So it was very working class, you know, very working class. So it didn't have a great population base. So it was a unique sort of a club. So it never had, it, it, so it never had an enormous amount of resources. So, so what happened is it was always a battle for, um, for the club to survive, but they always found people who were prepared to put the hard yards in and had a passion for the club to do the work to get them over the line. So it wasn't until the 70s that a group of guys uh, led by Alan Aylett and Albert Mantella, who were past players of the club, who were residents in North Melbourne, decided enough's enough. We need to be successful. So and I think those guys really changed the, the culture around... Yeah, not just surviving, but thriving and, and have an innovative approach to being successful. And uh, I think Shinbone Spirit is about never being beaten and never, never conceding, you know, and, and taking pride in what we've what we've what, what our past has been and, and really ensuring that whoever's there at the moment carries that baton and 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 fights like even like you said before about the the Tasmanian scenario. We need We've always, we're always fighting. It's not a bad thing, you know what I mean? Because it keeps you on your toes. And I think that's... Well, yeah, you, you have to be, you have to not yeah. become complacent. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Shinbone Spirit's like about, you know, we're resilient, you know, we're spirited and um, we never give up. That's, that's basically encapsulates it. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I had a couple of uh, questions here before we wrap up and I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I put these together a couple of weeks ago here, and we'll uh, we'll see how you do on these, okay? These are some trivia questions. Some of them are somewhat current. Some of them are a little older. So we shall see here, okay? Uh, and actually, looking at the questions I wrote here, I'm, I'm kind of regretting with one of them because there's going to be a little bit of redundancy here. Uh, <laughs> who, who has played the most games in the Royal Blue and White with 432 games? Brent Harvey. There you go. Now I'm going to ask you that I'm going to ask you this question as a follow-up here, and we're going to get this out of the way. After Wayne Carey, who's kicked the most goals in North Melbourne history? Oh, that's a very good one. Um, would it be John Longline? No, it would be Brent Harvey because that was the redundant question. Very good. With, with 518, 518 goals. We'll see how we'll see how this one goes here. Uh, who led the club in tackles last year? There were two players that tied with seventy-five. Jed Anderson would have been one. Yes, he was. Josh Simkin, the other. Trent Dumont. There you go. Trent Dumont. Oh, yeah. yep. yep. When did Mazda become the exclusive Ruse supporter for their Guernseys? Ooh, I reckon. 99 a little bit later than that 2009 2009 i think they became oh, their ex- right. exclusive one yeah 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 sorry that we're coaching oh, that's that's okay i'm sorry i'm now this is one you, you we might... celebrated a 21 year anniversary last year i think you know it's funny you mentioned you know, when you said the, the 
that the club came into the competition late. And then you mentioned 1925. That just really dawned on me. That's 96 years ago. That's not late. <laughs> that's not <laughs> <laughs> in comparison to the other clubs. Yes. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. So, what was the first year that the club went over 40,000 members? Would have been 2019. Mm, a few years earlier, 2014. 2014. There you go. Yep. It must have been the addition of those Tassie members. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Who kicked the most goals for North last year? And it was not Ben Brown. Of course, he didn't. He was hurt most of the year last year. No, it was uh, Cam, Cam Zerha with 18. There you go. You got the number correct as well. You got yeah. the number. Okay. How many grand finals has North played in? Good question. We've played in, so we played in I reckon we played in nine. A dozen. A dozen. <laughs> yep. And you and you've won four. Okay. Now here's 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 the last question. And I just added this one today who finished second on the club in goals kicked in 1984 second uh, we know who finished first that was well, you. I know the winner was the winner was a superstar um <laughs> fair effort by the winner because he played two-thirds of the season in the back line um, <laughs> well that's not bad enough <laughs> so you could have had 50 or 60 then could have had 100 but um, <laughs> but um, who finished second? Would it be Ross Glendening? Mm, nope. Kim Hodgman. Kim Hodgman with yes. twenty-eight, and Ian Fairley had. Ian, yeah, Ian Ian Fairley had twenty-seven. So both both very close there. So, sir, I appreciate you taking time out of your morning and coming on and talking a little bit of footy about the ruse and you know, about the, the, the steps that are going to be successful this year and uh, the positive steps, the, I'm going to borrow the Hawthorne green shoots. Okay. I really, and every time I see them post something online about how things have gone well for them, I always just put on their green shoots and nothing else. I just send yeah, that to yeah, them. Yeah. But uh, this was, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. No it worries. Is, Sign to make, right? you know, ladies and gents, I, I want to thank uh, Donald McDonald for taking time out of his morning to come on the podcast and talk about the Ruse, a club that he absolutely loves with all his heart. I, I can tell that if you, you know, since I don't release the, the, the video here, you know, he does have his Ruse shirt on with the Mazda logo on there as well as his cap. Now, the room is not painted blue, however. So we're going to, you know, no, maybe. No, no, it's not. It's not. We'll have to do that down the track. There you go. That's a, so, sir, thanks so very much for coming on. I truly appreciate it. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks, Greg, and keep up the good work. Thank you very much. All right, that was absolutely fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank again uh, Donald McDonald for coming on to the podcast. Lots of fun, a great discussion, and just an absolutely, absolutely wonderful gentleman. And it was it was my pleasure to talk with him and my pleasure to bring that to you. Uh, folks, if you've got an idea for a show topic or a guest, and I'm, you know, I'm finding guests in... 
uh, some some unique places now. I, I've I've I have to be honest with you. I'm thrilled to be talking with people who are involved with the clubs because to me that's kind of uh, in a way it's kind of opening the door just a little bit to maybe allow me to to maybe gain some access with some of the the other clubs going forward uh, if I've had if I've had a positive uh, situation or circumstance with the person that I've interviewed in this in this type of a setting that might lead to something else so I'm pretty thrilled about the way this has turned out with in the last few months with the people that I've talk, been talking to and I can't wait to see where this goes in the in the coming months okay I'm hoping to be able to bring some some great interviews with with some other well-known people. I know. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to people that that are that are fans, that are supporters of their club. Trust me, that that is what the, this this was built upon and that's not going to go away. In fact, I've uh I have uh I've set up an interview with uh, somebody who is involved with running uh Auskick programs in the state of Victoria, and I'm going to be sitting down for that interview this weekend. Really looking forward to that. Completely different from what you know some of the other interviews that I've done, but that's one that I'm really excited about uh, about doing there. So yeah, like I said, if you got an idea for a show topic or a guest, or you have a connection with somebody who you think would make a great guest on the show, shoot me a DM, or better yet, you know, leave me a voicemail on the uh, the website yankonthefooty.com, or leave me a uh, a message there. And I'll definitely get back in touch with you, okay? You know, you'll probably want to leave your email address in that in that message so I can ensure that I get back in touch with you. Remember, you can find all of the episodes for the podcast on the Podbean app, all of the other uh, podcast hosting sites as well, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, that type of thing. But they'll all be on the uh, yankonthefooty.com website as well if you want to bookmark that and have that on your phone or on your laptop, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Now, my hope is that maybe you'll consider giving me a review. If you like the way the show's going, you like what I've been doing, the guests that I've been bringing to you, uh, hopefully the, the the joviality that's going on, because I like to laugh, okay? I mean, there are some serious conversations that uh, that we're having, but I, I trust me, I love to laugh. So that's uh, the fact that I have so many people that are coming on that are wanting to, to have a laugh as well. That's great, okay? So if you would like to, you know, give me a review on Apple Podcasts or up on my own website, that'd be fantastic. I can put that right up on the website as well for other people to see if they, if and when they stumble across the website and they see, wow, some people like this show. So maybe I'll check it out. Also, again, if you uh, are so inclined and you want to help out the podcast at the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page or at the storefront page, which is up at the top uh, toolbar on the website, that'd be fantastic. I'd greatly appreciate it. Again, you don't have to, but sure would love if you'd help out the show. That'd be terrific. Uh, don't forget, you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. Again, you can find uh, the podcast on YouTube as well. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels. Now, I have to admit, I have been a little neglectful in the last month or so as far as getting episodes up onto YouTube. I have about 10 or 12 episodes that need to be uploaded there. They are going to get there. They're just not there yet. So I've got, I've got some work to do on that. I've fallen behind on that. Been busy with uh, some other things. Of course, I had the, uh, the accident with my, with my new car where somebody hit it a couple of weeks ago, or actually a week and a half ago, out in front of my house after I had had it for four days and had driven it for 33 miles. Yeehaw. So... 
you know, again, if you're on the mailing list, folks, you know, I will put out on social media usually a few hours ahead of time that there's going to be a live episode. And I'm trying, I'm trying to do those on Tuesday nights here in the United States, which is Wednesday afternoon. I think it's uh, either 10 o'clock or noon. Um, actually, I think it's 10 o'clock in the morning in, uh, in Melbourne. Now, I know that's not a great time for a lot of people because you're at work, but uh, 10 o'clock in the evening for me on, on a school night is, just, is maybe just a little bit late for me. Now, once school is out in June, that, that, that will probably work a little bit better to where I can maybe host a, uh, a meeting, a live episode in the evening uh, or possibly uh, even uh, early morning. So it could be evening for those of you in Australia. Okay. Now, folks, I can't thank you enough for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate it. I love the feedback that I get from people. I'm glad that you're enjoying the, uh, the, the, the podcast. I mean, I'm, this has become kind of a labor of love for me. I really am enjoying what I'm doing with it. And, and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun, uh, one for my own personal edification, learning new things about the game, but also bringing more of the game to you and bringing my thoughts on the game, bringing, uh, the viewpoints of other people who come on the show as well. I'm really loving the, the, the live episodes to me. That's a lot of fun. It's, it's a, it's a fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. Cause you never know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to come on. Maybe it's you yourself talking for 40 minutes, or you might go an hour and a half and have a couple people stop on for 10 or 15 minutes a piece. I'd love to get more people on there. And this is not to, this is not to discount Harper or Tony or Chris, who've been on in the last couple of weeks at all, or Frode, you know, and Frode's having a fantastic vacation. Uh, but I'd love for more of you to join me in the live episodes. I know a couple of you have stopped by and tuned in. The folks from Kick to Kick podcast uh, stopped by for a little while yesterday and was listening in, and I truly appreciate that. I've learned a lot from those folks that are, that are operating that podcast, and if you're not listening to them, you should be. If you love the game of footy and you're really into the history of the game, I know I need to listen to more episodes than I have. I'm still trying to learn the present of the game, uh, but going back and maybe listening to the years where Geelong was involved in a grand final would maybe be a good thing for me to do. Uh, I think they're up into the 1950s by this point in time. Like the last I heard was 1958. So they're, they're progressing pretty well through the, uh, through the history of the game. So ladies and gents, like I said, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family, put it up on your social media. That would be absolutely fantastic. Share, with, share the link to the website with them. Tell them about it. If, if you think they're a footy fan and they'd love it, I'd love it if you'd share it with them. Again, thanks so very, very much. We absolutely love this game, folks. As always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And until next week, I will catch you later. Before I wrap up this episode, I wanted to give a shout out to this episode's club and that is the Bridport Gulls Football Club of Flinders Island and they play in the Northern Tasmanian Football Association a yank on the footy wants to send out best wishes and best luck best of luck this year to the Bridport Gulls and uh, their season got underway a few days ago and they uh, they won their opening game this year against Evandale 
by a score of 11-9-75 to 3-10-28. Great start to the season, and I hope you have a fantastic year. Thanks for following me on Instagram. This has been episode number 89 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or the yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find everything about the podcast at a yank on the footy.com. I thank you for listening. I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. Stay safe. <laughs>